You found yourself on another episode of Locked on Bulls. On today's episode, we're going to talk about how to fix the All-Star game because guess what? There's only one thing that sucks worse than the Bulls. That's All-Star weekend. And we're going to talk about that. We're also going to go into the mailbag and answer questions on P-Will's next contract and what the Bulls' focus should be this offseason. We're going to talk about all that and more right after this. You are Locked on Bulls, your daily podcast on the Chicago Bulls, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for tuning in to Locked On Bulls, member of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every single day. That's Pat, the designer, host, and creator of the Windy City Breeze and host of the Chicago Bears podcast over at ESPN 1000. I'm Hayes, host, creator of Chicago Bulls and Chicago Bears Central YouTube pages and podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on and use code all lowercase locked on NBA for first deposit match up to. $100. That being said, Pat, uh, like I said in the intro, man, this it's been rough. It's been a rough season for the Chicago Bulls. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but there are some things that are a little bit more pressing than that. The All-Star Weekend sucks now, bro. Everything. The skills competition was probably the most exciting event. Uh, but outside of that, it was a rough go all the way around. So the question is, let's talk about it. How can you fix All-Star Weekend? All-Star Games specifically, we can focus. Look at the weekend as total, whatever you want to do here, Pat. Uh, get rid of it. It's it's run its course. The reason for All Star Games being here are they, they they don't exist anymore. The reasons that All Star Games happened was because it was impossible for you to see your favorite players or the best players in the NBA every night. Right? We live in an era where I watch Luka Doncic almost as much as as Nick over at Locked On Mavs watches Luka Doncic. Right? Like I like I I I, I watch Tyrese Halliburton on almost a nightly basis. I watch. Um, Deer and Fox on almost a nightly basis. All the guys that you would be excited about, and not Deer and Fox dealing with injuries, so not that. But all the guys that you would be excited about watching, we can see nightly. NBA League Pass is a thing. Um, by the way, there's a whole side note, but it's still on the point. Did you see that they unveil like the dumb, like I can watch the game in Spider-Man comic book form? Like, who's asking for this? Nobody's asking for this, Adam Silver. We're all asking for blackout rates to stop being on league pads. That's all we want. Exactly. And you know what else? Well, the only other thing that we want, Adam Silver two years ago showed that jersey that you can change the name and number on instantly. Just get, bring us that as well. Get us I, that. You know what? Yes. Because then I can stay up on the latest fashion. <laughs> That's it. Get us those two things. Stop blacking out games on NBA League Pass. It's the mod. Like, stop blocking out games. Yes. Which is, is supposed to go away with the next TV contract, by the way. That is part of it because they don't own do it that all. That's supposed to go away. And then get us the damn jerseys where you can change the name and the number. On. I, I just That's I don't it. care about watching the game as Spider-Man. Like, why, that, how would that be appealing, bro? Like. <laughs> Imagine watching Spider-Man and how much of a letdown it would be watching a Bulls game. It's like Alex Crusoe, corner three, missed it. Dang it, Petey. Like, what? Like, what are we doing? Like, he swings to the other side. Anyway, um, the reasons for All-Star Weekend being here are not here anymore. So now you're just trying to make it entertaining, but they're doing things that we see them do every night because we get to see them every night. But see, the three-point the shooting contest is cool, but I watch Dame and Steph shoot logo threes, but that's every time. Thing, 
I don't think it's about just seeing what you do to them during the game. It's about bringing an actual three-point contest. I do think there's a little bit more pride in that than even the dunk contest. But, like, I, I don't know how to fix the events. Skills competition is fine. I like what they did with the skills competition. Yeah. It needs to kind of get a little bit tightened up. I like the way they changed it. That was the only time the LED court really kind of shined, in my opinion. The dunk yeah. contest, until you get superstars getting creative again, is going to be what it's going to be. But the all-star game itself, that's the thing. Until you have... A, somebody who's almost the face of the league take it upon themselves to actually D somebody up. Whoa, that was a pause. To actually play defense in the All-Star game and make <laughs> it competitive, it's just not going to happen. Like, you got Anthony Edwards afterwards saying it doesn't matter, basically. And right? I respect and is, the honesty of it, though. I mean, I, no, and that's the thing. I'm not knocking him. Like, res, I respect the honesty, but, like, that's the mentality. And this is the next the next wave of superstars in your league that just they don't care about the competitive nature of it. I believe John ja Morant. About the competitive. I believe John ja Morant said something similar last season. Yeah, so like until you have those players that it actually matters to, that they look at look at it and say, "Hey, nah, they, we, this is the this is a showcase of the best of the best." I'm a, I'm about to shut you down real quick on this possession. It's not gonna matter. They put up over 200 points to the Eastern Conference. It was a hundred. It, it looked like a Bulls full game score by halftime. It was like 105 to like 97. Like, yep. what are we doing? It, it's it's and you'll never get that. Luka doesn't care. Jokic absolutely doesn't care. Um, Listen, at this point, y'all stop voting on, on on Jokic to be a guy to be an all star. That man wants to sit at home and get an opportunity to go back home for a few. Doesn't days. care. Um, Brian don't care. KD don't care. Giannis don't. They none of them care, and so it's not going to happen. I think the thing that there once was, and and I'll say this, I do agree with you. From the aspect of the stars set the the mannerism because when LeBron didn't care, nobody else cared. Kobe wanted that LeBron versus Kobe moment, All Star Game one on one, mm -hmm. and when LeBron passed it, that was the beginning of the death of the All Star Game. He wanted that passing of the torch moment. I'm a guard, you you come in, man. LeBron passed the basketball. Nope. And it's it's just it is what it is. And and it, how do you fix it? I'm not going to lie to you. If you're not going to do anything short of finding people that you don't think play hard enough, you're not going to fix it. The All-Star game is broken forever. Have fun. Like, and, and that's why I say just get rid of it. It's not entertaining. It was not an entertaining weekend for me. Bro. Stuff it, happened. That's that, all that it, happened. Stuff it, happened. And so, so the reason why they have me, you talked about before, why is All-Star Weekend now so late? So All-Star Weekend, part of the reason they push it off is that they don't want to compete with the NBA playoffs. So if it was actually the midpoint of the season, it, right. it, I mean, with the NFL playoffs, so they don't want right. it to compete with that, which I understand completely. But my thing is, is that you're, you're, you, you're going to start losing the streaming sites. Like, I, I would have rather watched a replay episode of Law & Order SVU than watch the All-Star game. <laughs> just just iced tea on replay saying the wildest stuff at two o'clock in the afternoon, bro. Like iced tea greatest hits on SVU. I just, bro, Ice T just used to say the craziest stuff, and it'd be like 12 o'clock noon on on regular TV, bro. Just be like, Are you telling me there was semen and fecal matter <laughs> in the in the ear canal? Wow, bro, we're on locked on, bro. What? But that that, I mean, that was the replay asking? episodes. That was the new that was that was the replay episodes. But oh yeah, that was the replay episodes for sure. Yeah. It was crazy. But yeah. no, I just I I just feel like listen, the, the All Star Game has run its course, and all the good things come to an end. The All Star Game came to an end about uh, six years ago. 
We just the, the last the, time it was competitive was the year after Kobe passed away when they changed those weird weird rules. And, and why was everybody the, playing hard? Remember in the second half of that game, people started playing defense in honor yes. of Kobe, and I loved it. It was beautiful. But that was the last moment that, that was anybody it. cared about the Hawks. That was in Cleveland, wasn't it? I, I, don't I, I think that was the what? one that was in Cleveland. What year was it in Chicago? That might have been in Chicago, actually. Team LeBron versus Team... It was still Team Giannis. Yeah. Uh, it was in Chicago during COVID. So okay. 2020, or right before COVID, 2019, 2020, something like that. Okay. Um, it was in 2020. Yeah. It was the All-Star game, man. Yeah. I'm I'm just to a point now where it's like, look, you're, you're building out this in-season tournament. If there's certain aspects of the All-Star game we want to keep, do it there. Right, like, uh, bro, it's not go. It's not going anywhere. I, I, I get what you're saying. And you're, you're not wrong. I'm not saying you're wrong. But the thing is, the dollar. They're not going to add anything else to the the in season tournament. That's its own thing that they can stream. I mean, they, 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 and especially once the NBA is getting all these things back, and they're going to own the broadcast rights outright to it. Oh, bro, yeah. this thing going nowhere. Hey, listen, which is nowhere. fine. So this will be the last year that I talk about how to fix it because the NBA is not worried about fixing it. Did you hear Adam Silver after? Yeah. I mean, like, he literally went, you scored more points than the other team. Well, here's your trophy. Like, Adam Silver's like, I, I don't know what else to do for y'all. And now players are talking about, you want to get paid to go to the All-Star game? Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. You want to get paid to do what? Yeah, guess what? You know what to make it more fun? Stop sending stars. Send these young boys just trying to figure it out and just let them play. Because at least they're going to play hard. All right, stop it, bro. Like, yeah. let's talk about it. Send, send the G League boys. Send the G League players. Yeah, you know I mean, send, send the G League versus the world. Like, let me get that game. Yeah, you know I mean, like, you know what? Wait, you, I know we're ending this segment, but what if it is the best 14 players from the NBA face off against the four best players internationally? I mean, the 14 best players internationally. Do you think that that could be bring well, a different level? You know, international will play hard, and America would not care. I, but I think eventually the pride is going to kick in. They ain't going to keep letting themselves get kicked in the butt in both the international stage and coming into your house at the All-Star Weekend. I mean, listen, it's, it, I, I, <laughs> you don't know how to fix it. One player gets relegated. <laughs> That's how you fix it. Hey, you know, anyway. one, player, one player gets relegated. If, if a G anyway, player falls out, it gets get players trash. We're going to be going into the mailbag next. Before we do that, I got to talk to you guys about one of our spots. This man said relegate. Relegate, relegate these mugs, bro. That's, that's uh, I want to talk to you guys about Prize Picks. Prize Picks is America's number one daily fantasy sports app with over three million members. We're the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. You pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. It's demon time now on prize picks where you can now win up to a hundred times your money with as little as four correct picks. You can turn $10 into a thousand dollars. Demon and goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play prize picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. You can now win up to 100 times your money with as little as four correct picks. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. All right, Pat. Demon time at prizepicks is still, still demon time, baby. Watch your back every single time. 
Well, so we decided to put up on the community tab over on the YouTube channel. Guys, if you are listening to the podcast side, please go over and check out that community tab over on the YouTube side. Uh, we decided to ask you guys is your thoughts and some of the, the takes or whatever you had about the Chicago Bulls. We've got a couple of questions that we're going to read off here. Uh, and then, you know, later in the week, we'll do a rapid fire to kind of catch up on the other ones. But uh, one of the questions here is in regards to Patrick Williams, and it says this. What is the max you'd pay Patrick Williams, and do you see another team offering more? Pat, you're one of the the, the harshest critics on Patrick Williams, especially on this show. Uh, what is the max contract that you would pay Patrick Williams next season? What's the minimum I can pay him? I, I wouldn't bring Patrick Williams back, but we know AK and, and Mark Eversley will. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Ted, I can't pay him $10 million. That's what Kobe and I were making, and they're more impactful. Um, $7 million. $7 million for, for the next four years. Give you a solid $28 million. You, you'll be <laughs> you'll sit nicely. Listen, I mean, Pat, like I'm, Pat I'm, doesn't like to be realistic, but <laughs> I guess it is asking you what would you pay him, not necessarily what do you think he's actually going to get. But I think he's going to get somewhere between uh, Kobe White's money, which is around twelve million annually, and upwards of about sixteen million. I don't think you're going to pay him more than that. I think he had the chance to get up to twenty million over five years, but I think we're going to see Patrick Williams sign a two-year, maybe two plus one for about. 15 and a half million per, as I think what we're going to see Patrick Williams. That, that's going to get him back in the free agent market by the time he's 25. That's going to get uh, the, the Bulls at him at a, at a contract that's less than 3% of the, uh, of, the, of the salary cap. And you get a chance to look at him, see if he's going to use this time to develop, especially when, you know, DeMar's probably may not be back. I'm not saying probably, um, you know, see what happens with Zach Levine. That's going to be really your time to say, all right, Pat, you got no more excuses. We got a player development department in here that's hopefully <laughs> helping you as well. <laughs> if he's still got excuses left, that's the biggest problem. Like, it's just that there's there's a complete lack of development. We see flashes. We see him look like a solid role player at times. And then there's other times where you forget he's on the basketball court. To me, um, the time for him to make, I, and I was the main one that was saying, it's going to be hilarious when Patrick Williams gets paid $20 million. He may still end up getting that money. But for what I would pay him, I would say uh, I would offer you the least amount of money that I possibly could so that somebody else would be more willing to pick you up and, and try and develop you and turn you into whatever you're supposed to be. Because at this point, you're wasting a roster spot. Like, uh, not to say the Bulls are going to go out and find somebody better. That's a whole different issue there. But mm -hmm. at this point, the conversation we're having on Patrick Williams is is the same conversation we were having on Patrick Williams year two, year three. Like, like he, he hasn't evolved a ton as a player. I guess he's more confident as a three-point shooter. But even that this season seems to be like, okay, this is the one thing that you were getting really good at do that a lot and we didn't see him do a ton of it this year. We haven't seen him do a ton of it this year. Um on a night in night out basis. When when we're in year 4 of something and I'm having the same conversation. The problem with like a lot of people want to compare it to Kobe, right? It's a you got to wait for this guy to develop type of situation. Kobe's problem was never putting the ball in the air. Kobe's problem was could he handle the basketball? What was it? right like Patrick Williams has all the talent and the skill level to be a good basketball player. You just got to want to. You got to want to put shots up. You got to, and we've seen him in too many games this season where we've gone, all right, Zach's out. 
Demar's in, but right, like you, this is a time for you to step up. Demar's a little hobbled right now. He's taking less shots. It's time for you to step up. We didn't see that happen. So, well, I, I got to combat you back on that. We did see that happen over the month of December. We absolutely saw Patrick Williams until the foot injury do exactly what you asked him to do. That was time where Demar missed time, Zach missed time, and Patrick Williams did step step it up. I, you got to give him credit; he did step it up in, the, in that time period. Then the foot thing. Now, maybe I'm giving a little bit too much credit for saying I'm not saying it was just the foot, but then it coincided with his initial foot injury. Then he kind of fell off, then he came back, and then it, it was it was bad again. But that time period, especially when Demar and Zach were missing. Patrick did step it up in that time period. I think he was more consistent defensively, but I don't think we looked at his offensive game and was like, that's exactly what we need. We looked at it and said, oh, solid role player, baby. I mean, but solid role player is what you need. He still was the third or fourth option. He averaged almost 15 points per game over that time period. Mm, I, I just, I don't know, man. Like, it, it's still about consistency, though, to me. And and that consistency is something that we didn't we haven't seen right like yeah there was some games that flashed I thought um you know he he had a couple of solid games there I want to say it was versus San Antonio Milwaukee like we had a back to back on that we played really well but um <laughs> twenty nine minutes uh, versus Charlotte the game before that eight points nine boards cool right fourteen points four boards nine points, two boards. Like it's, it's the up and downness of it. It's the, that's crazy. It's the, um, not, yeah, not to say the inconsistency. Then, I you're, think you're, then you're missing the stretch from the from December 16th to, to, to the 30th, where he literally scored double digit points in every one of those games, but one. So, I mean, I get what you're saying, but like his role, and, and this is not to say that, that Pat is done developed. He has tons of work that he needs to do, but let's be clear. Patrick Williams is a role player on this team and a role player averaging like the, the, I'm done with the number four overall pick and the heights of that, the quad comparisons. I'm done with it. it he'll have to show me that over a season before I go back to that. But to say that Patrick Williams didn't step up in it at a time period where we needed it, he did. But he's I still just a role think, player. I, I just think the the conversation on P. Will is like when the when the coach and the and the GM and the players on the team are all asking you to do more. Why are you still doing less? Well, you can and everyone's say that, begging you, can say you to that, be more, but you're not running anything more for him. Like, literally, he went from averaging, like, four shots a game to almost 11 shots a game with no more plays being ran for him. He was doing more. Yeah, it, but but then why does it just go away? You know what I mean? Like, okay, he did it. Solid stretch. I love it. Yeah. Nikola Miritich had a solid stretch. Uh, uh, you know what I mean? Bobby Portis had a strong stretch here in December that got us completely out of the uh, the running for the top pick, mm -hmm. right? Like, and, and Portis ended up turning into a nice player, but, like, yeah. the stretches are something we've seen. I can okay. I can give you. All right, he had a good stretch here. Why? Why does it die? Why does it go away? Why does he go back into the shell? Why does he? And 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 it's not right. Like yes, it is because of where his role is on the team. Mm -hmm. But literally, everybody on the team for three years has literally said, "Please do more." True, but you can say that. And as we know with this Bulls team, they they fix their mouth to say a lot. They don't, know, <laughs> they don't always show it in, in what happens, right? Like Demar flat out said, "Yeah, if Kobe wants the last shot, take it." And it took a, a month for Kobe to take the last shot. So, like, yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, that's that's a, they they running that last shot for him. Hey, and it took a bad one, just just bad. Yeah, yeah, but. I don't know, man. Like the 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 Patrick Williams experiment for me, like he is what he is at this point, and, and that's fair. That's and fair. and yeah, there there are moments where he stepped up, and I think there's just as many moments where he shied away. And that's the part for me where it's like, listen, if you step up, don't give it back, right? If if you got, <laughs> yeah, I that, mean, 
It if you back if down you have that, and, and and I'm gonna t- and, and I'll say this right, like to to that point, yes, other players came back. Kobe White didn't give it back. They, Zach Levine came back. Well, DeMar DeRozan got healthy again. He wasn't again. about to give him back. He was the offense at that point in time. Billy Donovan but, but literally saying, ran him what, as the offense. What I'm saying is people came back, and you would think those shots are going to go back to those people. Kobe White was like, no, these, these are my no, shots. No, Billy this Donovan said, no, I need a point guard for my system to work, so you're still getting these shots. I mean, yeah. So, I mean, I, I get it. Kobe, there's no comparison between Kobe's mentality and Patrick Williams' mentality. If you put... If you put Kobe's heart and mind in Patrick Williams, you're talking about a 25 and eight player. You're talking about an elite player, and I think yeah. that's the that's the problem with the conversation. Is yes, he's gotten better. It's still 10, three and one over the over the span of the season. And yes, there's the slow start to the beginning of the year, but it's still it, it it's leading to the same pattern. It's leading to the same Chicago Bulls. Everything that we've seen, the steps, the whatever it is, like it still leads to the same team overall. It still leads to the same players. Overall, Kobe White's the only one that seems to have been able to break the mode. And so well, I just gotta I'm, give it to, I'm, to Caruso or Io. They've definitely stepped up a lot too. Well, Caruso all of a sudden he just started knocking down threes. He was taking these shots last year. They was just missing. Like, hey, hey, remember, we got to a point where we was like, AC, stop shooting, brother. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Hey, I love, but I love it too. The AC literally said this. Hey, I want my offense to start matching my defense, and he came in and hey, he's and came in it. and did it, bro. Yeah. But like, baby, but he was taking these shots last year. I mean, he's, still <laughs> taking, he's he's taking three more shots last year and almost doubled his three point attempt. So he's taking more. He's hitting them at a better rate too. He's hitting them at a better rate. That's what yeah. it comes down to. Hey, you're gonna take more when they start going in a lot more. <laughs> AC was taking three three pointers a game last year, and I was like, oh, that didn't fall at all. Uh, before we get into this final topic, though, we finish out talking about one of you guys' mailbag comments. We do want to tell you guys all about FanDuel. Uh, here's the thing with FanDuel right now, you can get buckets on your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same game parlays, exclusive props, and more. Just visit FanDuel.com forward slash locked on and shoot your shot. That's FanDuel, official sports partner of the NBA. All right, Patrick. (laughs) So the next question that we got on here that we're going to answer today is, uh, do you guys think the Bulls will make any major moves during the offseason that will focus on developing the young players? I mean, what's a major move? I, I see the thing. That's a, it's a great question. And, and you know, we'll, we'll reformat it here in a different way, but I think that the major move that they made to focus on player development happened this season. They hired a whole player development staff. Yeah. I don't, I don't really know what a major move would be. Are you, are maybe you going, you going out maybe there to moving add... off one of the older players. Maybe that's what they mean. Like maybe, maybe not resigning tomorrow. So that opens up more shots, things like that. That's the only thing I could really think of in that way. Um, and is letting DeMar go at this point a major move? Like, I feel it's like it's a common sense move and you couldn't figure out how to do it at the trade deadline. Well, I mean, it's still a major move because it, it does majorly impact the way that you run your your team. It it just does. It's still going to be major to that. That's that's a lot of shots in a roll as far as a player that um, steps up when the Bulls don't ha- go through those scoring droughts. He's the one that's usually going to get you the bucket. So I think that do- it, that wouldn't uh, uh, be a major move to move to move on from Demar. 
either way, whether you trade him or you let him walk in free agency, just I don't think it'd be a major move. I don't think it'd be a major move because you can't get rid of Zach. You're trying to get rid of Zach. You're trying to figure out how to trade Zach. Major move. Getting rid of a player that's averaging 23 points per game and and 17 shots. That's a major move. That's a major thing on a team. Yeah, but I'm adding Zach Levine back in who can average 23 to 25 points per game. Yeah, but it's still a major move. If Zach had not been injured, you're still like he's that's still a major move. Either way, you're taking that away from your team. Ideally, you would want Zach Levine coming into the season. You want Zach Levine healthy. So yeah, if you're taking away the player, regardless if you're adding another one back that's injured, he was already still on your roster. You're missing out on a major piece of that was important on your team. I, I just feel like it doesn't change much. You, you're adding a player because Zach's going to be here next season. You're adding back a player who's efficient at the mid-range when, when the mid-range was available to him to take more of. Not as efficient as DeMar, but he was, a, he was an efficient mid-range shooter um, who can knock down the three ball and who can have, give you 25 points a game. They're giving you basically the same level of defense. I guess Zach Levine maybe can give you a little bit more. Um, and you've got the same kind of scoring in your lineup. Like, if you, you remove DeMar from your lineup, Zach Levine was operating a ton in the mid-range before DeMar got there. Not nearly as much as what DeMar DeRozan well, DeMar does. DeMar only still, operates in the mid-range. And it's, so. and it's, and it's still the mentality. DeMar, uh, Zach Levine, the part of the reason DeMar DeRozan was here is because Zach isn't a closer. Yeah. So it, it's a, it's still, I, well, I mean, you you can have your opinion. It's still a major change to, to what your team is and something you're missing on that team. Yeah, I just I I don't think that that would drastically affect the Chicago. But I don't think it would make us better or worse. And I don't think it it, it impacts development because the person that's going moving on from Demar to let somebody else develop, it's not like you're not putting Zach Levine in that spot, unless you unless you find a way to trade Zach. Now, if you trade Demar or if you move on from Demar and trade Zach, I guess that would be a major move. But like. Th- I don't foresee Acme doing that. <laughs> like, but you, I'm sorry, but you tying this DeMar going away to Zach Levine, whether it being a major move, really doesn't make any sense. Because, like, the, the fact is, is that you've had DeMar and Zach on this team for the longest, right? Right. So even if you're taking something away, because even losing Zach, even though he was having a down season, it's still major. We talked about the fact that Zach Levine, in just this season and the two-and-a-half shots that Zach Levine was making from the three-point range, would literally take your team from being... 22nd in three-point shooting today. Like, tying it to say just because if Zach doesn't leave too, that means that it makes DeMar leaving any less of a major change to your roster and rotation. It 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 does. It matters. Well, are you, here's my thing. Your scoring doesn't change. Your offense doesn't change. Your offense Zach absolutely. Levine just Zach Levine just operates more area on the court if you allow him to take more shots like that. Like I don't think your offense changes drastically if if Zach Levine's in there versus Demar Derozan is it's in there. It's not just about see. You're, I feel like you're looking at it from a almost like I don't know how I want to word this. Like a standpoint of like oh well, you're taking away twenty points, you're adding a twenty point score. That means everything's the same. It's almost like the, the conversation you made on Colin Sexton and, and Donovan Mitchell being almost the same. You could do you can have similar output, but the way that you go about that, the the, the mentality that goes into it, the the place that you get your scoring at, that changes a lot as far as on your team. That still changes something. You're still opening up 
considerable shots for for players that somebody needs to step up in that role, regardless sure. if Zach's there or not. And, and, that's, and that's not to say if Zach even comes back and is the Zach of old. Zach Levine, even before the injury, let's be clear here, he was shooting bad. the worst splits of his career. Yeah, no, he looked bad. But I think mm-hmm. the, the, the point I'm making is that if we're talking about player development, nobody's developing with Zach Levine on the court taking those shots. Who's stepping up? Who's changing? Who 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 becomes the number three option now if Zach Levine comes back and is that player that's in that space? You you don't. Kobe White's one. Zach Levine's probably two. Vooch is three. Nothing changes. Well, no, something's going to change because Vooch is already on the decline. So, like... Well, I mean, if you take Vooch out of the equation completely, yeah, well, I, no, I guess we can see that. It's taking somebody out of the equation. It's still the fact that even Vooch, Vooch isn't the closer to Marta Rosen. Nobody's saying that it has to be this... Boom! You're you're taking 17 shots away. Who's gonna all of a sudden take a? It's it's the nature of how the bas- the game of basketball works. Like you take away something, and because we aren't in a position to really add much in free agency, if De- if Demar walks and we resign uh, Patrick Williams, somebody still has to step up. It's not just gonna be Vooch is on. If it is Vooch, if the Bulls are looking at Vooch in this decline and saying, and Billy Donovan says as a head coach in the NBA, yeah, my player that sucked this season. Yeah, Demar left Vooch. We're just gonna get you get you 18 more shots. Then that's a failure of coaching. That's a failure of coaching, and then you are hurting the development of your players because you're not allowing or changing your offense in a way to open up opportunities for somebody else. But uh, but my my whole point is that the offense isn't gonna open up. Like okay, Zach Levine takes a couple of more threes a game. Zach Levine's going to shoot more threes, but Zach Levine's also going to operate in the mid range probably without Demar Derozan because he's comfortable there. Right, he, like he, he's, he's, I think you're overstating Zach Levine in the mid range. Less than thirty percent of Zach Levine's shots, even before Demar Derozan came in the mid range. So it's not like Zach was ever this. He had one season of shooting majorly in the mid range, and that's when he was still trusting his knee. Back after that first year after back from knee surgery, Zach Levine hasn't ever been this high volume mid range shooter. But he's a guy that can operate there, right? You took away a pretty much a a, a part of his game because Demar Derozan is there. You don't see him operate there nearly as much anymore. He was somebody that was a, an Bro, advocate for keeping the mid range. Zach around. Levine literally went from from thirty percent of his shots being at three, thirty point nine to thirty point four. It hasn't changed that much with with Demar being there. I don't know, man. Like it's just, it, I I don't think the I don't think that there would be a major change when it comes to Zach Levine going out there or Demar Derozan not being on this team because you're not putting you're not putting anybody in a position to develop. Like, are, are we are we gonna give somebody? Okay, so so maybe Vooch is now out of the being a major focal point on your offensive side, because mm-hmm. right now he's still a big part of the offense, but that's not that's not making a acquisition or a change or a trade or anything that changes your team. That's you saying, "All right, P. Will, we need you to shoot more." All right, I see, we need you to shoot more. That's your coach you making a change within team? the team. You said what? You don't think that changes your team to have to rely on a player more than what you've had to before? Yes, but the the point was, do they make a move? Do they make a, like, are they going to make a trade? Are they going to get rid of somebody? Are they going to make an acquisition? Like, I'm, I mean, I'm just... I guess you looking at moves is just I'm an acquisition. I'm to the question that is, are they going to make a move? And to me, if we're talking about, and they said a major move, moving on from DeMar DeRozan, like, I'm giving Zach Levine no shots. It's not a major move for me. I'm I'm putting him back in the place where he was before. 
but that's not putting him back in place. Zach Levine didn't didn't average almost 30 shots per game without DeMar DeRozan. He just didn't. So you're, it's not like you're just DeMar took all these shots away from Zach Levine. We talked about this before. When Even when DeMar first came here, they're averaging about the same amount of shots. Zach isn't going to all of a sudden go to having LeBron James prime no, level. No, no. Of, of I'm talking about how the team is right now. Like where where the bull Zach's done for the season, so this is your yeah. team. You take Demar off of this team, you put Zach in. Like right okay. now, Demar like there's no Zach Levine, so it's not like anybody's getting extra shots or anything's that, changing that, drastically. That's just the rock. That's by the nature of having an injury. You're still changing. hundred so percent. shots Zach has ever averaged in his career were twenty shots per game. He averaged seventeen point seven two seasons ago. 18, point, 18 shots last season, 15 shots this season. So even if you're saying that Zach Levine goes back to what he went to at his most, that's still leaving almost a, a full-time starter worth of shots going. That's a, that's a major change here. No, I'm you're looking at it. If you're looking at it in the sense of a move being a major acquisition, no, that's why I did preface it by saying the only major move I could see this Bulls doing that could infect development is letting De- DeMar DeRozan walk for nothing because that is going to open up shots for somebody else. Now, could they just rely and say, hey, it's Vooch? Yeah, that's a failure of your coaching. But I think when you're looking at the place that we are, where the fact that even if, it, if it's it, crap traveling downhill, the Bulls won't have money to offer other than veteran minimum salaries. They right. just won't, even if you let but, DeMar walk. But that's what that I'm saying. You're going to have to rely. Even then, you're still going to have to rely, even if it's on the back end of your bench. And that means that now, Dalen, you have to get these minutes. Julian, you have to get these minutes. Right. So that still affects development in that sense. I guess that's – maybe I didn't do a good job at explaining it. That's I, what but, I'm getting but, to. That, that affects development. But what I'm saying is where this team is at right now, Zach Levine's not taking shots. Yeah, he's out. He's not taking shots. If DeMar DeRozan's not on this team and I put Zach Levine back in, DeMar DeRozan is not taking shots for the Bulls. You're right. But we're not so just the talking, lineup, we're not just the lineups that just, you're putting out there right now are uh-huh. going to have to be similar. Dalen Terry, yes, he's got to step up. Guess what we need Dalen Terry to do this season? Step up. Julian Phillips, yes, he's got to step up. I need him to step up when we get to this Thursday game. You know what I mean? Like, the, the, But that's the thing. It wouldn't just be losing DeMar. If you if you do let Demar walk for anything, you're still you're, you're either you got to choose size or shooting. So it's not just like I get it. Zach Levine isn't on this team. Well, now. That's We're not disputing that. If you do Zach a sign and trade now, but that's why I'm saying even when Zach was on this team, that's still like like we've seen it. When Zach was on this team, Io had some shots, didn't have as many, right? But he's he stepped up now and he's gotten more. Caruso's right. taking more. Those things right. have naturally happened. So even with Zach, let's say you entering Zach back in. For DeMar DeRozan, yes, you got Zach. He's getting more shots. But Zach isn't all that still changes your team because Zach isn't DeMar. Zach isn't going to replicate what DeMar brings you. He's not going to bring in the closing aspect. And even then, you're still potentially looking until something changes to move on from Zach at some point. It still fundamentally changes your team because you have to rely on those players. Right now, yes, you're doing it out of necessity. And you did it at a time where you didn't necessarily plan on it to be that coming into the season. If you let DeMar walk, for nothing, you're now building those game plans. You are now building those rotations with the start having the mindset of, Dalen, you're about to get 12 minutes per game. This is what we need your role to be. Right now, Dalen, Julian, in the spot minutes that they're playing, it's still not a defined role. It's basically go out no. there and show me something. You're at that point of looking at them to say, this is now your role on this team. 
go out and excel in this role. But see, that's the part that I don't think happens if you plug Zach Levine in. I don't think that you all of a sudden are looking to Julian Phillips or Dalen Terry and saying, now I need you to define yourself. Unless we feel like Vooch is just completely, he's falling off and we can't, hey, look, he going to give you a double-double. It's going to be 15 and 15. You get out of get out of him what you get out of him. And then maybe I could see, you know, Billy Donovan going to some of those other guys. But I, I believe if you put Zach Levine back into this lineup, Zach Levine is a focal point of your offense. Now, if they move on from him, that's that changes differently. Yes, things are going to change. People are going to be put in different positions. But if I'm putting Zach Levine back in this lineup and I'm taking DeMar out, which I do believe there's one or two options the Bulls are going to have, DeMar's probably walking for nothing at this point, right? They're going to be competitive to or the end of the first season. Or for sure. Oh, or hopefully a sign of trade gets yeah, done, but like, I, right, like, it, it, maybe. That's that's a maybe right now, but we have seen AK and them operate like that. But if I'm putting Zach in, especially with the money they paying him, we know how the politics of basketball work. Kobe White's going to maybe be the one. You would feel like with how he's played, he's your one. Zach Levine's your two. He's the guy that's going to get those second shots. Who's going to be the guy that gets the third? Is it Vooch? Maybe it is one of the younger guys. Maybe it is P-Will finally. Maybe in that case, we do talk about development stepping up from one of these young pieces, but I just don't believe that if we're talking about a major change happening to the Bulls sliding Zach Levine in it, because it's not like DeMar DeRozan has given us this elite production that is leading us to 45 wins and Zach Levine sliding in there is going to drop us mm. down to 26. Like, they're going to give us the same thing. It's still going to be a, a 118 or a 113, 111 team offensive and defensive, right? <laughs> like, well, no, I mean, but, and I guess team. what I'm saying is it's not as simple because it's the mentality aspect, too, though. Like, and it's Billy Donovan's safety net. Like, even yeah. Zach Levine. Yes, he's gonna he's gonna be part. Of, he's gonna get his shots, right? We know he's gonna get his if he wants to take them. We started so and so. Yeah, that's, that's we had a question of did he, he want to take the shots, to right? But uh, but I think we're still looking at you're still looking at the fact that you're changing it because now Billy Donovan's safety blanket is gone away now. Yeah. So now what do you do, Billy? Hey, just get a ball to Kobe. <laughs> that's, that's what it's gonna become. Get a ball to Kobe. It's gonna be he's going to find a new safety blanket. And but, then we're but, gonna that, sit there. but that's the thing, then even if that, then that's still young player development. Kobe White is still considered at least me in the yeah, young players young that we'd player. be developing. Was he 20? He just turned 24. He just turned 24 a couple he's, days ago. He's still young, bro. And oh, he feels yeah. like he's been he's he's gonna be Andre he's Drummond. We're literally gonna be year. like we're gonna be like Kobe's been in the league ten years and he's twenty eight years old. What's going? He's gonna on be Andre, right? and, and it's because he, hey, uh, you with the beard on, he look old, dog. Oh yeah, especially Kobe when he doesn't 29. have the lineup because Kobe only gets a lineup once a month, bro. Kobe be looking like the old, like like he he honestly looks like he should be chewing tobacco on somebody's porch sometimes. He'd be like, "Come on, Kobe." He definitely doing? he definitely spits chewing tobacco on that mug. Go poing. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. I don't know, man. We'll, we'll see. Uh, apparently, that was a really good question because we had a much longer debate on that than we probably ever had on Locked On Bulls. <laughs> um, but no, nah, man, follow us on everything at Locked On Bulls. You can follow me on everything at Pat the Designer. Let us know uh, your thoughts in the comments below and uh, hit that like button. Stop playing with us. Absolutely. You guys can follow me at CEO Hayes. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you guys are following the channel at, uh, Bull, at Locked On Bulls. Oh, Jesus. Oh, oh. Almost plugged the wrong one. Almost got in trouble there. Uh, we are free and available on every podcasting app and platform of your choice, as well as YouTube. For Pat, I'm Hayes. It's been Locked on Bulls. Peace, y'all. Peace.